Greetings and welcome to the 50th episode of the Cathartic Yardstick with your hosts Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts look back on the series' very best moments. You know, I love to look back on the past. For example, when we were kids, my friends and I used to roll down the hill inside old tires. Ah, they were good years. All right, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast. Uh, I'm Ray. And I, while I can still remember who I am, I'm Mark. And uh, this is a special edition uh, because this is our 50th episode. Woohoo! I know, hard to believe. This was just a lark, and then it turned into an obsession. I thought originally we'd do this maybe a couple of years, do a couple episodes, and then we'd just kind of get tired of it and move on to something else. But, you know, among the things we would get into, this was like the least toxic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's pretty harmless. Uh, yeah, not yeah, at all is. controversial. And, and it may be, may be entertaining for a few people out there. Uh, we That's certainly right. enjoy it. Yeah, we do. It's fun because we're broadcasting live. Yeah. <laughs> to a mass audience. Reflections on the podcast? Um. It's it's gone through a lot of changes, uh, and you can kind of follow that if you listen to the early episodes. I, I think we were both kind of moving a little bit in different directions, and then kind of came around and met somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, I tend to want to be very unstructured and spontaneous, where where you like to be more organized, which is probably reflected in more things than just the podcast. I don't mind being spontaneous as long as it's well choreographed and planned out meticulously okay. beforehand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Planned spontaneity. Nothing better. That's right. That's what I call it. <laughs> Structured spontaneity. What I thought was interesting, um, as I listened through the the, uh, the shows, what I was doing was I was trying to isolate stuff that would be fun to do for a, a 50th retrospective. I was basically going through looking for yucks. I mean, mm-hmm. times were just like cracking up and stuff. But, but I really came away with uh, some surprises to me. Um, one thing I ran into is there aren't a lot of episodes where we're just, you know, dissolved in laughter, although there are some, but I found a lot of really good conversations and, um, not only good conversations, but really nice moments. I mean, like, you know, friends talking, family joining in families talking to each other. I mean, there's a real niceness about it. And so something done as a lark. Uh, ended up creating some very nice content. Yeah, I don't think we really knew exactly what we were going to do with it when we started. Did anything jump out at you when you were listening to the shows again? Like, oh man, I never realized X, Y, or Z. Well, I was I focused more on the early stuff, the early awkward stuff as we were trying to find ourselves and struggling with equipment, which we did a little bit tonight. It was just so raw and awkward at the beginning, and uh, it definitely was not editing enough stuff out, and... Uh, I think we kind of had different directions, but we, we ended up kind of merging and, and, and moving along in the same direction maybe after the first year. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking more making it like the drive drive time uh, radio show that I was listening to in the morning, and uh, I was kind of moving in that direction, and you were much more informational uh, in your approach. Drive time's all right, too, if you want to talk about, like, porn or... <laughs> You know, somebody's like crazy date stories that, you know, dates from hell and stuff. That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more like, you know, uh, internet surveys, like, you know, the Kardashian episode, that, that, that right, kind right. of stuff. Yeah. 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 
So we, in terms of how we picked our clips, I mean, I was going to say the other thing that surprised me too is um, how, how smooth we got after a while with the technology and the structure and even stuff, the introduction of the show, when the vocal ought to come in. Oh, yes. First, it's like, you know, it's just jumping in there. And then, you know, I'm looking for the pocket and I found the pocket and I've been sticking with the pocket ever since. And it sounds much better. Mm-hmm. So in, in short order, we really, and then we got upgraded mics. I mean, the, the show really came alive. So yeah. it's it's been fun. But what I did when I look for clips, I don't know about you, but I look for examples of funny moments, uh, particularly good conversational moments, and also good creative moments that stood out to me. Like when I listened to it afterwards, it said, wow, that came out really great. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at uh, just the, the formation of the show, how we started, some of the technical aspects. Some of the early funnier stuff was good. Our, our first guests, um, we were trying different things and bringing guests on, which is always nice. I mean, it, it, it's fun just talking, but it's nice when we mix it up a little bit and uh, yep. bring a guest in. Yep. The, the way the way I looked at it is there are podcasts where it's just one person, and it's hard to keep those really interesting. So when you have a conversation between two people, it's that much easier. And if you bring a guest on, then the three of you pinging off each other, it, it really makes for good content, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd agree. So I just want to talk just briefly about how the show works because I mean I pretty much understand the technology, but it still amazes me. Um, we we are in different states. Uh, what are we about three hundred miles apart? Is, you know, it's, it's probably four hundred. Four hundred, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm in New York. You're in Virginia. When we record this, we're talking on a Skype phone call, and we're recording each side of the conversation separately locally because if you had to do it over Skype, the sound quality would be really bad. And then you uh, you upload your half to me, and then I uh, I splice those together and line them up. And uh, the way we figure out where the tracks line up is we have to have an event that happens in both places at exactly the same time. Sometimes they say, you know, clap, you know, one, two, three, clap. And we did not do too good with that when we tried. <laughs> Motor so, skills. Yeah. So we, it was like one, two, uh, no, one, two. <laughs> so... Uh, so what we did did was we decided to try a uh, an independent event that would happen at the same time in both places, and we we dial up the uh, the atomic clock, which is in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, this is what the beginning of each episode sounds like to us that the the audience doesn't hear. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. And yes, that joke does does enter into every single episode. Every single one. Yes. Because <laughs> if you're thinking of you only live twice, you know, that scene where they're inside the mountain lair of, you know, Blofeld and he's getting ready to launch the rocket. There's all these echoey commands in the background. That's what it reminds me of. It really does. And then sometimes after the beep... There'll be, uh, you know, attention, please, and it'll give some right. sort of warning. Sometimes it's about space weather, like there's a solar flare coming our way. <laughs> and, right. and it just, it's really funny. It sounds so James Bondish. It, it really does. 
So, uh, so that's how we, uh, how we sync up everything in the episode. And, uh, you know, I was talking about how the early awkward days, um, we did, a, we started with just like a 20 minute pilot episode, uh, and we were really sure how things were going to go after that. But this was the original introduction to the, uh, the first pilot. Greetings and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Ray and Mark. Follow us on a wondrous journey to explore the mental dust bunnies that reside under the bed of our consciousness. Well, we've got the Yetis fired up once again. Welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast coming to you uh, from New York State and also from the Commonwealth of Virginia. I'm Ray, and in Virginia is Mark, and this is our, our podcast. This is a, an intro to what it's about, what we're trying to do, who, a little bit about who we are, and uh, hopefully there'll be someone out there other than our immediate families that find this interesting. So, I don't know if you could hear in that clip, but I can hear myself uh, bleeding through your headphones. There's a little bit of an echo. <laughs> Oops. That, that's that. Yeah, that's how it all started. Uh, and I thought maybe "fire up the Yetis" could be a catchphrase. We were using Yeti microphones, but they, they never really quite caught on with us, and uh, we ended up especially not using when we changed microphones. Yeah, yeah. So it was a moot point at that right but by then. So, so that's what it sounded like in the early days. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So so then we started recording them, and uh, I. I do not always have the uh, the same elocution that uh, that you have, and uh, sometimes I struggle <laughs> processing speech once in a while. And we were having a conversation about uh, about things that we hoard, and I started talking about a particular object that I hoard, and uh, I got a little tongue tied talking about it. The hoard and echo. What do you hoard? Are you uh, anything else other than wood? I I hoard cigar. <laughs> Cigar, <laughs> cigar. Oh, you know, I always say cigar. It's cigars. Let me write that down. I hoard cigar boxes. I'm going to make you say cigar box every every single it's podcast. It's a cigar box pod- podcast. That's right. We have our topic soared in a cigar box <laughs> yeah. on Ray's porch. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 And cigar box has come up a bunch. Uh. It has, it has. Because every time I, you pause, I go cigar box. Because <laughs> I do, I do hoard those, <laughs> those boxes, those little wooden boxes. Yeah, yeah. First couple episodes, this is I don't remember which episode this was, but uh, we were trying to do different things, uh, seeing what worked and what didn't. And uh, one of the things we did was we took one of those BuzzFeed surveys to find out which Kardashian we were most like. And uh, you were a good sport going along with it. And uh, I think we had some fun doing it. Yeah, it yeah, was a good time. Yeah, here's a, a little I bit. I wanted to be Kendall. Oh. <laughs> I, wanted to, I think I wanted to be Courtney. Okay. Uh, but we, we were both in for a shock by the end of the, the quiz. But anyway... <laughs> Here's a, here's just a little bit of uh, what that sounded like. Well, now we've come to the the real reason why we're here, uh, which is channeling our inner Kardashians. 
Oh, uh, please. Yes, we're going to find Don't out. Don't make me do this. Yes, we have to. It's a must. We have to find out which Kardashian we are most like. So, uh, there are plenty of scientific surveys that have been carefully vetted on the internet. By teams of experts. Yes. uh, Using the most sophisticated uh, test development uh, technologies. And we're going to take a couple of those to find out which Kardashian we are most like. I'm just noticing my my IQ is dropping as I'm doing this. (laughs) Is there money? Do we win this? I I don't, you know, there's, there's no prize money involved. And it's a Saturday night, and we're both taking this quiz, so I think we've both lost our already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you feel about love? Hmm. I'm going to say love is a partnership. <laughs> All I can think of is, is love is a battlefield, Pat Benatar. Yeah, Pat yeah. Benatar. It can be. It can be. When love is a battlefield, I tend to be roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty. <laughs> It was it was a fun episode. I enjoyed doing the survey. Yeah, it was. I should have paid attention to what lingo we were using because we were actually using some Kardashian lingo, but I can't remember any of the buzz phrases. No, I I can't either. I, I've actually never seen an entire episode of the show. I mean, I've only seen it walking through a room if someone else was watching it, but I've I've never actually <sighs> sat down to watch any of them. <laughs> But at least I'm mature. At least I'm always mature. Always, always mature. Yes. <laughs> and do we have like an example of that? An example of my maturity? Yeah. Take, pick, pick any clip. And All I right. Can see how mature well, I am. Well, let, let's see. Let, let's try one. Uh, I wouldn't want to know the answer to everything. It takes all the mystery out of life, right? That's true. That is true. Yeah. But, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm trying to provide some incidental music. Yes, I think we should have more of that. (laughs) We have to have an interview with Alex Trebek. (laughs) Let's get him. We'll tell him we're a big podcast with 5 million listeners. That's right. He 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 won't know. Yeah, he said, I've never heard of you. We're really big. We're really big in this area. Let me see. What's some good incidental (laughs) music for the great apocalypse? Let me see. What do we got here? The duck story. <laughs> 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 no, that's not apocalypse. Oh, that's so appropriate. That's not right. appropriate. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I think that brings us to our, our main topic tonight. Uh, Podcasting with a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 what we forgot to tell you is Mark is only six years old, but has a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been sick. <laughs> oh. See Ray and Ray and I had the uh the audio test uh, that we were just like crying, we're laughing so hard just because <laughs> I kept digging up crazy incidental music, making him laugh and distracting him terribly. <laughs> he said it's like podcasting with a child. <laughs> what and your point would be what? <laughs> And I haven't changed at all. N- n- not a bit. Oh. <laughs> all right, I'm going to stop. The, yeah, I'll, I'll fix that. <laughs> it just went on and on, see? <laughs> Even in the clip. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
and we got the bell. Oh, the bell. I love the bell. I had, I had the sound effect ready that goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but then it leapt out too loudly. Uh-oh. I was also surprised that when I was goofing around holding my phone up to the mic, a lot of times it sounded great. It, it did. It really did, yeah. So, well, You know what's also funny is uh, listening to it now, listening to the clips, the it sounds almost like it's hard to tell what's a clip and what's live because the clips sound almost the same as you talking to me, mm-hmm. I- at least on my end. It's good quality. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. All right. So um, so one of the things we did fairly early on was to start to uh, weave in some, some guests on the show. And after we did the... Uh, Kardashian survey it left uh, both of us with our heads uh, you know, scratching our heads a little bit and so we had to bring on an expert on the Kardashians and uh, we brought on my daughter Elise who's uh, an expert on the Kardashians and all things pop culture to help us understand what kind of results we got and what, what we ended up getting was we both got Chris which we were both a little little uh, upset about I don't want to be a momager I know I didn't either I didn't even know what a momager is and I want to be one but Elise was great she was great, and this is a little bit of her explanation of how the Kardashian thing works. You know, I was thinking about it as I was getting ready to come on the podcast, and I really feel like they are modern-day demigods. Um, they're these; <laughs> they're living out in the mountains of California, and you know, they're so flawed and human. We can relate to them, but they're kind of more than human at the same time. This kind of royalty, um, and. You know, my first thought about you guys being Chris is maybe it's just a generational thing based mm-hmm. on how you answered. You know, you're closest in age to Chris. Um, you're both the heads of families. You have children um, who are adults. And so maybe that kind of played into it. And and I think Chris kind of gets a bad rap. You know, they call her a momager on the show where she's like overly involved and kind of profiting off of her kid's success, which I was surprised that you guys still got, Chris, because you neither of you answered, you know, I'm happy for people's success, but how can it benefit me? And I thought, mm-hmm. I thought that's how you guys were going to go, knowing that you both got Chris, but it wasn't. And I think, you know, I think she is someone who is really business savvy and and i think that can be relatable i feel like there's always two sides to things there you go yep Uh, i like her analysis with the kardashians i think she's probably right yeah demigods yeah that must be it yeah and exploiting children to our advantage (laughs) well why have kids if you can't you know exploit them for financial gain uh, that's true in business there you go there, there were tax advantages for the first, you know, 18, 21 years. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. There that went. <laughs> well, and then another thing that we did uh, that involved guests and also uh, kind of in the vein of me wanting to do what was popular uh, in the, uh, the the webosphere at the time was uh, there was a lot of YouTube videos and stuff of people trying different things. So I thought, and also it was a time when craft brews were really popular. Uh, I mean, they still are, but it was like really kind of at its peak uh, a couple of years ago, I think. And uh, uh, we invited our daughters on to do a craft brew tasting. And uh, it was a fun episode. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And here makes me just, thirsty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, I could use one now. And here's, <laughs> here's a little bit of how that went. Welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. And I'd be Mark. 
And, and joining us tonight are our lovely daughters, Claudette. Say hi, Claudette. Hello. Say hi, Kirsten. Hi. And what are we doing tonight, Mark? Tonight, we are taste testing beer. Beer. And my daughter has a shirt on that says, buy me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to buy you four right now. Sounds awesome. <laughs> If you've been a long-time listener of this podcast, uh, <laughs> both of you out there, you know that uh, Mark likes to do more informational podcasts, and I, I tend to do whatever is popular on, on the internet. And uh, one of the things you see a lot of is people trying different things. So we're trying beer tonight, and specifically craft brews. Yes, I've been after Ray to do this for a long time. Yes. <laughs> Keep asking. <laughs> well, we got to drink the beer. Can we no, do no, a survey I, episode? Isn't it time for mm -hmm. a survey? <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, is good. Now we, 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 we did drink a few in college. Uh, a couple. A few beers. Rumor, a couple. I was so busy studying, uh, it's hard for me to remember, right? That's right. I used to drag you out of the library Friday nights. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so that I also found out you're not supposed to mail beer. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, well, I remember I, I took it to the post office because uh, I had some very local ones that you wouldn't have had access to. So I put them in a package and mailed them. And when I, I put them up on the scale, I said, well, what's in the package? I said, uh, podcast materials. Podcast materials. And that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, absolutely that's, true. Yep. No false statements here. Yep. So uh, yeah, we probably uh, violated postal regulation uh, doing that. But uh, Oh, well. It was worth it for the podcast. It's a good time. That was fun. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. Good. Yeah. And we the had girls had fun, too. Yeah. We had snacks. Uh, and we were having snacks and having a few beers and. Um, it was good. Some of the beers were smoky. Some were sour. Yeah, that was the first time, my first time trying a sour beer. You know what goes really well with beer? Uh, what does? Cheese. Cheese, you say? Cheese. Cheese, hmm. I say. <laughs> cheese? Cheese. Hmm. Do we have a, a cheese story? I don't know. Let's we see. Might. Let's see what, uh, let's go to the archives and see what we got. So, yeah, we were doing an episode called um, Thanksgiving Leftovers, and uh, basically we were just, it was after Thanksgiving, we were kind of tired, and we just had a bunch of bits and pieces of stories uh, left over that had made into previous podcasts that we uh, put together for a, a, an episode, and this was one of them. Cruise stories? Yes, there is. Do you have a cruise story in, uh, down in your uh, fridge? Yes, yes, I do. I have a cruise story. Let's pop that baby in the microwave. This I, I file under the heading of sometimes you'll run into an ethical dilemma, and the debate is, ethically, what is the right thing to do? I think sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's just bad or bad or bad. But we took a cruise of the Western Caribbean, and our last stop was in uh, Labadee, Haiti. And so we were on the beach. My wife and daughters looked at me and said, hey, dad, can you go get us some hamburgers? You know, I'm a gatherer, hunter-gatherer, right? So, all right, great. So I go to the uh, the tent, you know, it's got all the buffet out and everything. So I, I build a plate of burgers and I don't, and I don't know what toppings they want on them. So I've got the toppings on the plate. I've got, you know, so op think of open-faced burgers with the bun open and um, some of the toppings, and I've got a slice of cheese on top of each burger. I'm walking out to the beach, 
and I can see a huge gust of wind coming, and I can see it's picking up sand. So I'm thinking, oh no, here it goes. I'm going to end up with a plate full of sand. Well, the wind hits me, but I feel not a particle of sand. It's like God himself protected me and protected my lunch. So I look down to check my food and my burgers were still there. However, there was a slice of Velveeta missing. So I'm thinking, what in the world happened to my cheese? Where is my cheese? So I'm standing there on a beach full of people and I'm looking around for cheese. I then turn and see this young woman who's sound asleep in a lawn chair wearing a bikini and right up on her upper thigh is a slice of velvet. <laughs> so I think to myself, self-ethically, what is the correct thing to do? Should I go over and delicately try to take the cheese off her thigh? No, I don't think so. Would it, would it be better to walk up here and say, excuse me, ma'am, but I think you have my cheese. <laughs> I don't think so. So I, I went through all the different permutations and I finally did all I could, which was to run away. <laughs> it was so funny. About 10 minutes later, my daughters come from another part of the beach and I tell them the story because I'm absolutely besides myself. And my daughter says, that's what it was. And I said, what? What do you mean that's what it was? And she says, I was, I was walking. I was walking around the beach. Suddenly this lady stands up in a chair and goes, what the hell? Cheese? <laughs> that is my cruise slash ethical dilemma story involving dairy products. Excuse me, ma'am. Are you, are you done with that cheese? That was a classic life experience. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And then, and then the other thing we got from that is, um, in uh, on every army, every army unit, every army flag has like this crest with a with an object and some saying in Latin. So I told I told Ray what ours ought to be is we had to have a a piece of flying Velveeta, and then a Latin phrase on the bottom. So I went to Google Translate to see what. <laughs> What the hell cheese was in in Latin? What did it turn to be? Ad, ad infernum caseus or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So you suggested we put that on our blazers, our new cathartic yard stick blazers. <laughs> right. That would be great. Yeah. But that was one moment when I really felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. Did you want to talk about our Twilight Zone episode? I'm actually very proud of that one. Oh, that one came out great. That that was. I mean, it's and it's great material. And they, they were such good episodes uh, and, and such an in- interesting show and way ahead of its time that uh, we, we just had a blast uh, watching some old episodes and uh, pulling some of our favorites. And so what we did was we actually structured the episode as if it was an episode of the Twilight Zone. And so we had a Twilight Zone intro and then, you know, kind of like a, um, an orientation to the conditions of the play and then a, a, the Twilight Zone closing. But it, but it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you want yeah. to give them a sensing of the opening and closing? Sure. Here's uh, how that episode began. Thank you. 
There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is a dimension of imagination. It is an area in which inner conflict is released in a way measured by inches. It is a phenomenon that we call the cathartic yardstick. Ooh, good Ooh. opening. Yeah, yeah, that was great. You know, the, the, thing, the thing I would mention about the opening and the closing is that by this time, we were getting pretty sophisticated, I think, in our um, sound clip, you know, manipulation. And so, like, what, what I did for that one was um, I wanted to take an actual opening, but then change the narration a little bit to make it more specific to Cathartic Yardstick. Mm -hmm. But I, I did on purpose to use the same timing in the end. And if you use the same timing... The sound clip is perfect, like it was on the original. It's yeah. like the, the music is all matched up to you. And also what I did is, um, I mean, sometimes I might add a little a slight bit of echo um, to, to my voice if I edit to give it more presence, like it sounds like I'm in a room or something. Here what I did is I really flattened it and I made it trebly so it sounded like it was coming out of an old TV speaker. And it's just, I just think it came out great. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a great, great episode. And yeah. uh, here's how we uh, wrapped up that episode. Two men, age 60-ish, hosting a podcast. Successful in most things, but not in the one effort that all men try at some time in their lives. Trying to go home again. And also, like all men, perhaps there'll be an occasion, maybe a summer night sometime, when they'll look up from what they're doing and listen to the distant music and dialogue from a broadcast from long ago and hear the voices and laughter of the people and places of their past. And perhaps across their mind, they'll flit a little errant wish that a man might not have to become old, never outgrow the parks and merry-go-rounds and television programs of his youth. And they'll smile because they'll know it's just an errant wish some wisp of memory, not too important really. Some laughing ghosts that cross a man's mind that are just a small part of the cathartic yardstick. You know, that made me feel all warm and tingly. That's, that's good stuff. That was a great episode. Yeah, yeah that, that was good. That's perfect. You know, and, and as we... As we continued, you know, getting guests and stuff, we would bring my brother, Mike, into the mix. And Mike is a, gr a great, great guest to have. Really, really smart guy, really, really funny guy, but he's really dedicated himself. Uh, he's like a Renaissance man. I mean, he's really dedicated himself to, you know, things of, of consequence, be it, you know, English literature, or be it writing, or or politics, or religion. Um, you know, he's got his masters in uh, systematic theology, and so he's a serious guy. And then, he, and then he enters the East Greenbush Morning Zoo. 
<laughs> and it's just so funny to get to get Mike both um, both on the side of of mining out some of the gems that he has on the serious side, but then also completely pulling the rug out from under him yes. when we just decide to be immature idiots, <laughs> and he just loses it. So one episode um, we did, but Mike Mike would always say, "Why don't you do an episode about me?" He was kidding, but he says, "Why don't you do an episode about me? I get to talk about me." And so what what idea that we come up with, right? It was Wheel of Mike. And how did the wheel of Mike work? Well, what we did was we uh, we had a sound effect, which uh, which was was uh, kind of like uh, on Family Guy, where you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's funny at first, and then it gets real annoying. But then if you keep doing it, it gets funny again. <laughs> and we always played the entire thing all the way to the very end. Uh, and hearing hearing Mike lose it is worth, is worth an episode in itself. Yeah, and w- what we did was we had different sets of questions and pick a random question uh, based on what the wheel popped up. So that that's uh, that's how it worked. And uh, I, I, this is a little bit how that episode went. Well, welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with uh, Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. I'd be Mark. And this is our, our podcast. And today we're joined by a very special guest, uh, mm-hmm. Professor Mike, in the studio, <laughs> in the podcast lounge. <laughs> and, and today we're playing Wheel of Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's... Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, it's kind of the radio version of uh, Truth or Dare, except we won't be asking you any dares. It's all truth. Oh, uh, my God. You, you do Just have the option your, Don't of... take your clothes off, please. <laughs> <laughs> they already are off. So you're not, you're not in the studio here, yeah, so you don't it's, know. It's hot, so we, we yeah. have to make, make uh, adjustments. You, yeah. you don't have candy bars over there, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be torture. Welcome to the East Greenbush Morning Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Night tracks. <laughs> oh, I got a pee. <laughs> Dangerous oh to do that to an old man. That's yeah, true. Yeah. We're old, old men. Jeez, we are. We are oh, all old. This is great. But nobody told me aging would be this much fun. I'm having more fun now. I just can't remember. I just can't remember. Um, but you can do it again, fun. and it's all new. I think it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that that was great. And that was terrific. It, it, Love it's, it. It's great that Mike comes on, and he really never knows what he's in for when he does that. And, and we always get podcast gold. Yes. Yep. Out of it for sure. So we got more wheel of Mike, don't we? Yes, we do. Here's here's a little. That was the episode that kept giving. <laughs> it did. It just didn't stop. Just uh, nuggets of uh, podcast. Like gold. like the wheel, it never stopped. Right. Here's a little bit more. I think it's getting not funny again. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually That's the great. funniest part. Of would you rather be able to control animals or be able to see into the future? <laughs> I know it's got to be made up on the fly just now. There is no way that's written down. <laughs> They're related. See into yeah. the future. Oh, God. I'm not even going to answer it. I mean, 
<laughs> I don't remember it. But, all right, make a, make a list. The future, what was we, the first part? We, we can never, never again invite a guest who has principles. <laughs> right. well, what was the first part? Second one was Would you rather be able to control animals? Control animals. <laughs> or, which is control. a power, right? Would you rather have that power <laughs> or the power to be able to see into the future? <laughs> I don't have an answer. I don't know. Uh, uh, oh. Well, Man. you know, we got to do it. <laughs> So how much of this uh, podcast is made up of just those last few few clicks? <laughs> Minute-wise. <laughs> if you edited those out, we'd be down to like like 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. What do you know now that you wish you knew 30 years ago? How how, um, how short, you know, uh, life is, I would say. It's a, a tired, you know, theme. Everyone says it. But, mm-hmm. you know, knowing something and knowing something, I mean, uh, um it felt that I had a universe of time, a universe of time to make all kinds of, you know, circuitous sort of paths, falling down, bad decisions, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was always a sense of tomorrow, you know. But you realize that uh, that, that really isn't so, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's uh, birth certificate has an expiration date on it, you know. Um, so I wish I had known that. I, I'm not sure, though, that I would have done anything different though yeah. honestly because uh, I did a lot of stuff you know mm-hmm. and I had a lot of a lot of fun um, but uh, but I, if I had known that I think it would have um, uh, made for uh, better better judgment yeah <laughs> yeah do you remember your answer to that question Ray um, yeah it was um, basically that I thought that as I got older, Everything would change. I'd be a different person. I would feel differently about things, react to things differently. But essentially, none of that ever changes. Can I change my answer? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you, you can, you can, you can. No, because I was that. just talking to somebody about that very same thing, uh, which is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 73. And I keep saying to myself, when am I going to feel differently? My passions are the same, um, but a sense of like, unresolved nature of things, just like when you're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know if uh, people were that way when I was a kid. Could I have been that blind? But man, am I, uh, am I, uh, you know, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't changed. And I, I think maybe you learn some tricks, you learn some skills to, to deal with that stuff, mm-hmm. but basically it's the same. And, and I also thought maybe life would be more compartmentalized that, you know, my, my childhood would seem different from, from adolescence, from adulthood, but mm-hmm. it's the same stream of consciousness mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Marcus, it seemed that way for you too? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I remember talking to Ray before, and it, it's all a, a common experience of, you know, you always hear time goes quickly, but it goes much more quickly than you ever thought it would. I mean, just decades, mm-hmm. you know, fly by. Mm-hmm. But also for me, um, one thing I, I had mentioned was the fact that when I was growing up, I was trying to kind of construct what direction am I going to go in? You know, so I should, I should achieve this. I should make sure, you know, I'm a peer with these people. 
and just to mm-hmm. make assure myself I've made it or whatnot. And at the end of the day, you find out nobody cares. I mean, they, they want you to do well, but they want you to find your own path. They don't care what you do, how you do it, as long as you're happy. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're looking externally for your azimuth when really you should be looking internally for your azimuth. That was that was a surprise for me. Okay. Uh, do you want to go to the speed round? Does that mean the the wheel's going to go any faster? <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we, at, at this point, put the wheel away and uh, we we will go to the speed round? So uh, to speed round, the speed okay. round. Any any questions you want to throw at uh, at Mike? I uh, just tied my seatbelt. Go ahead, Mark. Pro- what protagonist from a book do you think would make the worst roommate? Ishmael. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny about that is Ray and I got into a conversation about how main a character do you need to be to be the protagonist because we were were both saying Ahab. (laughs) You want to talk about intense? Holy cow. Leave Uh, the damn fish alone. It wouldn't have been fun to be around, I don't think. No, he's a little little serious. Yeah. (laughs) What, What was your fondest memory of high school? Oh gee, you know, playing on a basketball team. Who who, who didn't want to do that? You know, I mean, um, I, I was very shy, but I, I became all of a sudden, you know, somebody people knew, and I was cool. Uh, it's how you met girls, you know. And then when I got to college, um, I realized if you're an athlete, the girls don't care. They like guitar players, so I naturally changed my my activity. I'm not a fool. No. And there, there's there's a lesson in there, too, about sometimes it's more fun to be a big fish in a smaller pond than a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. If you had been playing basketball for, you know, some school out near Syracuse or something. Well, when I played for when I played for Siena in the first week, I broke my nose and my finger. So, <laughs> so yeah, it didn't last long. Yeah, I weighed 152 pounds, 6'3". So I did not survive. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten out of politeness? And be careful with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have an answer. But the question was was uh, all good old advice. You enjoyed so, the question. Yeah, I yes. enjoyed the question very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a great, great episode. That really was. I forgot how how, uh, how good that was. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. It's fun. We not we not only you know covered light conversations with Mike, but we got into heavy uh, technical conversations with him as well, where we leveraged his master's degree in systematic theology. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a little little clip for that. Yeah, we were talking about the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. and the the miracles are really kind of speaking to us, aren't they? You know, isn't the the message really applicability to us? Yes, yeah, without without question. Yeah, the audience is is us, and and in John's gospel, I mean, it's just this is like not to draw too hard a line between differentiating John and the synoptic gospels, but but definitely emphasized in John's gospel is that the kingdom of God is is here. Like I said that is also in the others, but. It's here, and the es- the eschaton, the the the, the uh, final event. You know, the um, like you said, Jesus wasn't coming back. So how is this to be explained? How it's explained is that it's happened. What do you mean it's happened? Um, and this notion that theologians 
I, they have technological terms too that I get to use. I can't use computer talk, but I can, I can say things like realized eschatology, <laughs> which, which is John, which is the parousia is here. It happened. Oh, here's the here's the catch. If you believe what you're being told, that the transcendent mystery of the universe supports you, loves you, affirms you, sustains you, without bound or limit, you can't do anything to lose it because you didn't do anything to earn it, um, not because of what you've done, but in spite of what you've done. Uh, if you believe that, then eternal life doesn't begin when you die. It begins right now because um, you're free. You're free from the cares of this world. You're free from uh, the slavish adherence to um, the promises of this world that um, uh, money will make you safe. Uh, power will make you strong. Status will make you important. You're free from all that. So eternal life begins now. So viewed that way, and, and uh, John 12, I think, the Lazarus story, he wasn't saying Lazarus come out. It was Mark come out, Ray come out. Uh, it doesn't have to be this way for you. And that's the understanding of that. So yeah, he was talking very much to people who were wondering about Jesus hasn't shown up. What's the deal? Well, he has, but it's in a more theologized way. That's pretty powerful. I mean, that's a powerful way to put it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm that kind of guy, really. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the 21st chapter? How, how does that fit in? That seems to be like something was just tacked on at the end that it kind of had an end and then it had a second ending then yeah. a little bit of a third ending after yeah, well marx is the same way mark the original marx gospel ends with a discovery of the empty tomb i love that and and the the word is in the mouths of women who couldn't be believed in the first century they couldn't give testimony at trials and then you have subsequent redacted endings so i think they all were subject uh, to that. And in John's gospel, there's not only post-resurrection appearances, they're doing a fish fry at the beach, you know. Right. So it's, but it's not, again, people read that and they say, um, aha, you know, nonsense. But it's, it's, a, it's making a point. It's a, it's a sign. Uh, it's not to be taken uh, literally. That's not what the point of it was. Yeah, I, I think Jesus appears three times, doesn't he? After I don't know. After I think it I does in John. Man. Yeah, it, it well, I mean, if you, if you couldn't it keep went the guy down, it's either seven or three. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one of my favorite uh, themes that, to my mind, keeps repeating is the idea that you know heaven is all around us. Um, mm -hmm. You know what what's hidden from the wise is revealed to the the babes. You mm -hmm. know and. And the whole burning bush thing, you know, where you're standing on hallowed ground. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and talk about Gnostic uh, influences. The Gospel of Thomas uh, is a beautiful uh, quote. There shall, shall get wrong, but it's something like they uh, split open, uh, lift up a rock and you will find me. Split open a piece of wood and I will be there. The kingdom of God is spread out like jewels upon the earth. We just don't see it. Uh, and that's subsequent to uh, John's Gospel. That was a great episode. It, that was a good one, too, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, so it's fun. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I think our funniest episode 
the one I certainly got the most comments on is the funniest episode was when we looked at uh, crazy Amazon reviews. That was episode 47. Yes, yes. And, you know, when we first started doing it, it was th- that episode, I think, well, this is kind of an easy episode. But, you know, it, it was one of the best because the, the material was just so good. Yeah. And and uh, with, you know, apparently what this is, I think, I don't know, is Amazon has got some bizarre products. And there are also some bored people out there, like college students, and it's it, people invest an inordinate amount of time coming out with these narrative reviews of weird products, and probably one of the weirdest products on uh, on Amazon was actually to um, I think they use it to calibrate Geiger counters, but it's a sample of uranium ore um, that that you can you can actually buy. So we've got three clips. My last three clips here are from uh, reviews of uranium ore. Okay, here's uh, clip one. But apparently there are people out there, science teachers, technicians, whatever, who actually have Geiger counters. And in order to properly calibrate your Geiger counter, you need to have something radioactive. And this is true. If you go to Amazon for $49.95, you can get a can with a nugget of uranium ore. And so here are some reviews I've got for the can of uranium ore. And so I've got like five or six reviews and they're pretty funny. The first one, again, this is for can of uranium ore. Five stars. Works great and is saving me a ton of money. I bought two of these to test my new Geiger counter. I put one in each pocket and carried them around for several weeks to show all my friends. After a month, I noticed my testicles had a strange green glow. I was somewhat dismayed at first, but then I discovered that I no longer needed nightlights at home since my new quote-unquote nightlights were, were more than adequate to light my path. I unplugged all of my nightlights, and I don't miss them at all. There is one downside. I can no longer wear shorts when I go to the movies. As long as I wear long pants, things are good. Guys should buy two of these for maximum lumen output. <laughs> you ladies are on your own. Thanks, Amazon. I'm saving money big time thanks to this little can of uranium. <laughs> That's great. It was great. I love that one. And then we got we got another one. Yes, here we go. Excellent, Amazon. Excellent. With this supply of atomic material, I can complete the construction of the Omega Ray. (laughs) Once I wield this weapon of ultimate destruction, I and I alone shall be supreme ruler of the oceans. (laughs) Not even that meddling do-gooder Aquaman will be able to stop me this time. Again, Again, his little pal Aqualad have thwarted my plans, subjecting me to countless humiliations but my time is at hand. In this battle, my victory is assured, for no force on earth can withstand the might of my uranium-powered <laughs> Omega Ray. The fires of my hatred <laughs> boil the very oceans around me. My thirst for vengeance cannot be slaked by all the water in the seven seas. Only the blood and tears of Aquaman will do. <laughs> I shall crush him with my Omega Ray as easily as I crush plankton beneath my heel. Yet I shall not grant Aquaman the mercy of a swift death. 
Oh no, he shall watch as I annihilate his beloved Atlantis and grind his civilization into sand. The dust of his kingdom shall be scattered throughout the ocean floor for all eternity. His friends will die shrieking. The seas will turn crimson with the blood of the innocent. And the songs of the whales will spill the ocean with cries of torment. And once the waters grow silent and the blood clouds dissipate, Aquaman shall see me sitting atop an island of skulls that grows from the deepest trench of the ocean floor. And he will know that this fate came to pass because he dared to defy me. Soon, Aquaman, you shall beg for the sweet release of death. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that was clearly somebody who had a lot of time on their hands. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. When we're looking at uh, these different uranium ore clips, uh, this one um, cracked me up just because it was talking about superpowers. The one we didn't pick on superpowers was was talking about these like you know these people that came up with like plant like uh, abilities to spread their their vine like arms <laughs> and it ended up with saying this is not covered by Obamacare. <laughs> Which really cracked me up. Yeah. Um, but this this is a clip here about somebody who developed superpowers as a result of uh, the uranium ore. But unfortunately, as with many things in life, what you get isn't all you hope for. Two stars. Superpowers, not what they seem. I bought this product thinking I could give myself the edge I felt I needed in life. Basically, I wanted superpowers. Very specific superpowers. X-ray vision like Superman. Phase shifting like Shadowcat. Mind reading like Xavier. And super healing powers like Wolverine. I mean, come on. What's the point in having superpowers if you can't pick the ones you want? So I read DNA for Dummies, watched all the episodes of MacGyver I could get a hold of. (laughs) I watched Hulk, the TV series, and so on. I was really determined to do this. Finally, after a lot of experimentation, calculations, and gamma radiation therapy, I had the perfect uranium-based serum. Even after the first injection, I could feel the difference. And that's when my hell began. (laughs) Sure, superpowers sound great, but they're not. The ability to read minds has left me heavily depressed. I had no (laughs) idea people thought like that about me, even my so-called friends. It's always there. I can't distinguish between conversations out loud and what people are thinking. And I've had to isolate myself in my house in order to stop shouting at people like a crazy person. X-ray vision. Ha! What a joke. That was the first power to appear. I thought it was so cool. The ability to see through people's clothes. Well, it doesn't work like that. There's no damn focus. I look at a hot woman and I see bowel movements or the genitals of the guy standing behind her. (laughs) And it takes ages for it to switch off. You stop focusing, but your x-ray vision is interfering with your normal vision like a bad ghost on a CRT monitor. You lose your ability to judge distance completely. I've stabbed so many desks trying to sign papers after staring at a hot woman's acid reflux. (laughs) Phasing, seriously. Um, They could have freaking told me I would end up keeping my mass. Sure, I can phase through solid objects, but as soon as I activate this ability, I fall through the floor. I'm just glad I was on the second floor the first time I tried it out. (laughs) 
Then there's super healing powers. Yeah, great. I got very ill from the serum and the gamma radiation. The super healing powers keep me alive, but they don't, they don't cure me like I'd expected. Instead, I had to go to a specialist to get injections. Oh, wait, it doesn't work because my skin heals instantly. They stick the needle in, it breaks, and my skin heals. So, yeah, now I live at the top of a tower in case I accidentally phase shift in my sleep. I'm depressed, but hey, I've got super healing powers, so that solution doesn't work either. At least I can watch the neighbor's cable for free. Well, sometimes at least, although it's a bit of a hit and miss. <laughs> if you're reading this, you really need to do something about your hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Amazon reviews. They, they were great. Yeah. So, um, when when you go through the episodes, obviously we can't do clips on everything, but are there are there some that stand out to you that are like your personal favorites? I, I listed a few of mine, but did you have ones that you thought were just really classics? Well, I I really liked uh, I really liked the, the beer one. That that was a lot of fun because we got to work with the kids on that one. Yeah. Um, Adult children, by the way, they, they, they were not under That's right, feeding beer to children. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that that was good. Um, I, I think all all, all the ones with with um, with Mike were great. Um, we go from the ridiculous to the sublime uh, on some of those, and uh, having Lisa on. Lisa's been out a couple times to talk about uh, pop culture stuff, and she's just really really a whiz at that stuff, and and very entertaining. Uh, I still think we ought to have her on board to do sports and weather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know one of uh, one of my favorites, because it's a great topic, a great historical mystery, is the mystery of Amelia Earhart. Mm -hmm. And what was what was great about that one is we're talking about how, you know, the, there's some speculation that maybe she um, did an emergency landing and ultimately died on Gardner Island, Um which is now uh, uh, what Kiribati mm -hmm. or something like that, or it's in Kiribati. And uh, we did that episode, and like several days after we recorded it, I get a telemarketing phone call from Kiribati, and I'm thinking, <laughs> it's Amelia. She's trying to call me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I actually called the number back, but it wouldn't go through. Darn. So there was that episode. We did a, a great one on uh, scam baiting, you know, where you you, you see the spam emails you get that are just you know phishing attempts and what was so funny is like you know i had some good success with one where it took weeks just kind of like laying this thing out where i i let a, a telemarketer think he hooked me but then i just torment him and so mm -hmm. i'm basically saying oh if you're from you know, you're from here, this country. Um, before we go any further, tell me some trivia about your country. And I actually got them to the point where he's giving me trivia facts about the country and all that kind of stuff. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, one of those rare times you can take uh, revenge on, uh, on scam callers and scam emailers. Um, and then... We did an episode on number stations. Like I'd never heard of number stations, but Ray, you were a, um, a shortwave fan, and so you yeah. you knew about them. So, but yep, yep. Come, come to find out, that's how foreign governments, particularly in the '40s, '50s, '60s, uh, would give instructions to their agents in other countries. 
but that was re- that was really cool. Yeah, and and if you listen to to shortwave, I think even today, once in a while, if you're just kind of scanning the dial, you run across just some weird broadcast. You don't know you know what they are, weird sounds or, or a series of clicks and sounds and uh, tones. Uh, so I met children and children doing numbers or something. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I think maybe some of that still goes on. I'm not sure. Yeah. That was really, really creepy. Yeah. And then, um, we also did an episode. We were interviewing, uh, paranormal investigators from weeping souls, paranormal investigations. And that, that just was fun. I mean, it was, a. It was a good insight to what these people do um, and some of their good stories and stuff like that. And it was interesting. And I think they, they had a lot of fun talking to us. And, you know, we don't sit in judgment. We just hear hear people's stories. And we, it was a great time. Yeah, it so was. It was good. I, I've, I've really enjoyed where the podcast has gone for the first step, the first 50 episodes. So do you think we're going to do another one of these on the 100th episode? You know, uh, I, I think we just might. We just might just think how many Estonian bots will be following us by then. <laughs> That's right. Well, for a while there, I was doing analysis of uh, hits to the website, and uh, sometimes there'd be a couple hundred a day, and, and they were just you know Eastern European bots just hitting us up to you know try to log in or you know we're, get we're credentials. Very popular yeah, yeah. In Eastern Europe. That's right. So how how are our numbers doing in the United States these days? Still as strong as ever. As strong as ever. Uh, <laughs> we're on we're on more platforms than we have listeners some some weeks, but that's okay. It's funny. Well, I, I mean, I got a, a message from a Facebook friend who lives out in Michigan. He says he got bored during the day at work, and he started listening to our podcast. He goes, <laughs> "You guys are insane. That, that's great." And so he was binge listening. So we do touch lives yeah. out there, and just maybe just just uh, talk a little, just a bit about. I mean, the, the purpose of the the podcast was really to kind of just continue the sort of conversations we used to have back in college. We were roommates back in college, and uh, and typically late at night we'd just be sitting around the apartment and we'd talk about the kind of things that we cover on the podcast. Typically, ghost stories. That was our favorite. That's yeah. still my favorite. Yeah, that was a big one. Ghosts, UFOs, uh, yeah. religion, um, things like that. Yeah. And then the UFO stories are like writing themselves these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's incredible. The latest, latest thing is apparently they're writing legislation based on uh, whistleblowers who have talked about um, you know crash retrieval of alien craft and alien bodies and so now there's actual legislation saying the government is not funded to do any of these without a congressional briefing it's like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah what is going on so it's been it's been a lot of fun it has been so i'm looking forward to the next 50 <laughs>